we're in this series that God is with us. Yeah, that's right. We're in this series that God is with us, and we're talking about the fact that God is with us uh, in the wilderness of life when we're just lost in the valleys of life, those places of pain and tears and difficulty, and the storms of life when the waves are just crashing over the boat. And we're looking at Scripture that reminds us of the fact that God is with us, that He'll never leave us nor forsake us. And our anchor text for this series is Psalm 139, verses 7, 8, 9, 10, which says, Where can I go from your spirit, and where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you're there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn or settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me and your right hand will hold me fast. This is my friend Omar, and I've had the privilege of knowing him for since 2006. No. 16. 2000, that's what I meant, 2016. Um, in Cuba, I got to know Omar as our translator there. We've been on a lot of adventures there. Uh, done a lot of things that the, both the government knew and didn't know about. Uh, and, uh, and we're safe now. We can talk about it. They can't get us here. If you say so. I say so. <laughs> um, and Omar has lived through valleys in Cuba that were unique to Cubans. Uh, but like I said, when we started this deal, there are some valleys that are universal to all humanity. There are some that are unique to the situation. But the common thing through it all is the God who sustains us in them. For Christians, it's easy to believe that God is with us when we're on the mountaintops, when we get the rays, when we get the healing, when we get the confirmation, when things are panning out and everything's, you know, uh, rainbows and unicorns. It's easy to believe God is with us then. Uh, but it's a little more difficult when we don't feel his presence. It's a little more difficult when we're in the valleys. In the Bible, valleys represented things, times, issues. Usually in the Bible, it was uh, the, the battles happened in the valleys. They didn't happen on the mountaintops. The valleys in the Bible were places of depression. They're places of loneliness. They're places of despair. They're places of anxiety. They're places of tears. They're places of pain. They're places of, of lostness. They're places of danger. That's why David said, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, usually good things didn't happen in the valley. In the Bible, when, when people walk through the valleys, uh, they rarely came out unscathed. Valleys were the, the times when worry takes over and you're suddenly keenly aware of how alone you are. You're, you're, you're very much aware in the valleys of the danger that's around you that's, that's maybe outside of your control. God is with us in the valleys. And so... I, I thought it'd be good for, uh, to have my friend Omar, who's with us, uh, has been with, with us for the last couple of days, uh, to share this message with me and talk about some of those valleys and what those are like and, and how, how, how to navigate them uh, with God. And so, so, Omar, tell us a little bit. Well, well one, let's, let's just let's start off. So, 2016, show up in Cuba, and, and you're a translator. And uh, you jump in, in, in with us, heart and soul, right? Just whatever, whatever we want to do, we're going to do, right? No question. You didn't question us. You didn't. You had no concerns about the bald man from America coming to Cuba. I had a few ones, to be honest. <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, let me start by saying that uh, it is my privilege and my honor to be here at Flipside Church. This is a church that I belong, I belong to, at least. That's what I really believe. Mm -hmm. um, let me also say that uh, I admire this man. He's mm -hmm. a good friend, and mm -hmm. I also consider him my pastor. So thank you for having me here today, Flipside. We're happy to have you, Omar. You can clap for him. That's all right. Hey, uh, just to, to, like, like you, you don't understand how, how, how difficult Americans have it. All kinds of choices at McDonald's, all kinds of cola. You you didn't have you didn't have Coke till you show or yeah till you show up in Miami, huh? No, we don't have you any have, Coke in Cuba. You didn't have you didn't have coffee creamer till till Saturday yesterday. That's even worse. <laughs> so you never had coffee creamer. You didn't know what coffee creamer was. Can you imagine? That's terrible. <laughs> Did you tell them about the menu at McDonald's? They just thought, thought it was science fiction that you science could do whatever you want to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just like, like, you don't understand the difficulty we have in America with all the choices we have to navigate. Like, yeah. It's yeah. so hard. It's so hard. I can't hard. imagine. It's so, so, but I, but I know you had valleys in Cuba. What were, what were, what were some of those like? You told a story in the first service. It was uh, awesome. Yes. Actually, I never told you that one before. Mm -hmm. And it mm -hmm. is a good one to share. Yeah. When I was 18 years old, I was trying to get into college so in order to do that we don't have enough colleges you know for the entire country so we have to do our own version of the SAT the SAT so uh, I used to at least for four or five months I used to wake up at 4 a.m. to go to the public library that's the only way to get some education you know to do those tests and um, there was a huge line so I was there at least for two hours during uh four or five months waiting to have my chance to go inside the library. And then, of course, there were not enough books. So I I only had 45 minutes to read those and to take notes. And that was so hard for me. So I finally went for all that process. And I did it really good. I was accepted. I went to college. I was so excited and happy about it. I wanted to be a civil lawyer. So the law faculty said, OK, you are welcome. You did it really good. I went in on um, September 5, 2006. I remember that because I only uh, spent a couple of days having fun, you know, seeing the campus, get to know other people. And I remember that in Cuba there is a curfew, a curfew uh, in college from 11 p.m. to 6 a.m. So we are only supposed to study or to read. We don't have any chance to listen to music, to do a party, uh, of course. We didn't have internet, so it's, it was not a big deal for me, you know? I didn't know. Um, uh, of course, we don't have Netflix, so it's, it's not a problem either. I taught Omar a few key phrases that he needs to learn since he's in America, like Netflix and chill. I tell him, if you ever just wanna, if you ever just wanna hang out, just say, hey, can, let, can we hook up and just Netflix and chill? My vocabulary and, uh, has grown a lot with this man. That's for sure. <laughs> Okay, anyway, so I went in, and the second day at 4 a.m., while I was sleeping, I heard that someone, someone was knocking at the door so strong. I couldn't avoid to wake up, so I went to the door. I opened the door. There were two officers, a military female officer and a police officer. And uh, the, the woman, the, one, the woman, I'm sorry, she had a piece of paper in her hand, and she said, Omar Limia, who is Omar Limia? I said, well, that's me. And she also said another name. That was one of my... Of my classmates, and she said, the two of you, you both need to come with me. I'm talking about 4 a.m. We were like, why, what is going on? She said, hey, don't worry about that, just follow me. So we went down because uh, the law faculty, we were studying at this uh, B 
beautiful four-story building, so we went down. Um, we, were, we went to this campus, there was a square, and I noticed that there were about, I don't know, 25 other students, you know, uh, half of those, those were women, the other half boys, and I saw that there were more police officers and military around the area, and they said, okay, we, are, we want all the girls in, the, in that end, and we want the boys in the other one. So she, this lady, she went the military officer with a piece of paper, and she said, okay, we have heard that there are some religious students among our new uh, beginners during, uh, in the first year. So we want to ask and be very smart about your next answer. Do we have any religious students here? We were so quiet for the most three embarrassing minutes in my entire life. Mm. Nobody said a word. And uh, eventually, I was brave enough or Christian enough to say, hey, mm. I believe in God. And she said, okay, stand forward. Um, uh, there were two other guys that also say, hey, we believe in God. So uh, this officer said, okay, for the rest, you can return to your rooms. The three of you just follow me. So we just followed her 300 meters. There was like a small office. Later, I figured out that that was the state police office in the campus. They put us in there for 35 minutes. They never invited us to have a seat. She didn't say a word for 35 minutes. She was only looking at us. And after those 35 minutes, she said, okay, I'm gonna ask once again, do we have any religious student? One of the guys, the third one, uh, he was shaking. I remember his hands, you know, and he said, well, I thought I was a Christian because, you know, my parents told me to, always took me to church and I've been doing that, but that's not who I am, you know? I'm not a Christian because, you know, I, I just want to go to my room. Mm. And she said, okay, okay, you can go. So the other guy, uh, me, we were in there. Um, she said, okay, for you two, are you still believers? Do you believe in this invisible God? Uh, <laughs> the other guy said, uh, yes. I also say, yes, I believe in God. I have faith. So she said, okay, I have a good news and a bad news. Which one the two of you want first? Imagine that. This is Cuba, a communist country. You know, there's only one possible bad news. Mm. You know, to mm. get expelled from college. And it was really hard for me to go in. So I was so scared, you know. I, w I was really, you know, worried because I thought about how disappointed my parents would be, mm. you know. Mm -hmm. uh, but I said, okay, yes, I'm a Christian. I believe in God, you know. It doesn't matter if I say no because I know I am, you know. So this woman, she just looked at us and she said, okay. Which one? The good news or the bad news? I say, well, it's 4.35 in the morning, so I would like to have a good news. She said, okay, you two won't be expelled. You can continue studying. I said, uh, why? And she said, because at least the two of you have the balls to admit <laughs> it, that you are Christians, you know? Awesome. We know that all the entire group, the 25 are attending to churches, but only the two of you were brave enough to say that you have faith. Hmm. So the bad news is that you cannot share, you cannot speak with other students about your faith stupidly. And I remember that word because it was stupidly. Let me tell you something, flip side. During hmm. the next five years, 
I spoke with hundreds of students about my faith, about Christ, because there's nothing stupid about the gospel. That's the good news That's of good. salvation. Gospel is power, is mercy, is grace, is a new nature. So that was a valley. That was that a was backup a for me. That was a valley. So here, here, here's what I know. This is what we've been talking about. We may enjoy God on the mountaintops, but we get to know him in the valleys. Right? It's one thing to, to be able to celebrate the good stuff, but when you're going through it, that's when you get to know him. There's a passage of scripture, Psalm 84, 5 through 7. It's the only place in scripture where this word is used, baka. Look at what the Bible says. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, God, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. Another word for that is minds, who have their minds set on pilgrimage towards God. As they pass through the valley of baka, they make it a place of springs. That's the only place in all the scripture this word Baca is used, the Valley of Baca. Now, here's the interesting thing. That word Baca, this is not a geographical location. This is not a simple valley that people actually walk through. The word Baca is most closely related to a type of tree. And this tree has the seeps sap. And sap just, just kind of slowly goes down. So it looks like the tree is weeping. So what this became known as, the Valley of Baca became known as the Valley of Tears. So look at what the Bible says. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, God, whose hearts and minds are set towards you. As they pass through the Valley of Tears, as they pass through the Valley of Weeping, as they pass through the Valley of Difficulty, as they pass through the Valley of Pain, as they pass through the Valley of Cuba, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover with pools. They go from strength to strength until each appear appears before God in Zion. There are valleys that we go through in life that are those places of pain and difficulty and weeping, despair, and, and they're just there's bad, bad things. And, and there's those places of weeping. They're the places of tears. You've been there. Some of you are still there. Um, you, you lived in, you just didn't go through valleys in Cuba. No, we lived in valleys. You lived in valleys in Cuba. Um, the thing, one of the things I love about this passage is that blessed are those whose strength is in you. Like we're going to go through valleys. They're going to look differently for each one of us. But blessed are those whose strength is in you, God. Uh, here's what I know. Sometimes when we go through valleys, we get to the point where we say, I'm done. I'm finished, right? Like, it's, it's just too much. Did you ever go through those times in Cuba when you're like, I'm, I'm tapping out. I'm just, I'm just done. Like, this is Cuba. A bunch of times, to be honest. Many times. Uh, I have a personal, a private time of prayer with God. I called up time, my honesty time with God. My honest time with God, mm -hmm. because I don't use, you know, this fancy words. I don't use uh, some special vocabulary. Nothing at all. I just open my heart to God, you know. Those are the moments when I feel that I need to be, you know, real with God. To be myself. Those are the moments when I say, okay, no more bullshit. God, mm. I need to see you. I need to feel that you are with me. I need to see your grace, your mercy. Even when I do not understand what I'm facing this mm -hmm. Bali, what I'm doing here. I need to know that you know what is going on. You know what is going on. Mm -hmm. You have a plan. You have a reason. You have a purpose. So 
Yes, I have been a lot of times. And so when we're in those valleys and we're looking at the end of our rope, the Bible says, blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on you. And it draws us from isolation to relationship. It draws us out of ourselves to a connection with God. And oftentimes our connection with God happens because we're connected with God's people. So blessed are you when you go through the valleys of tears and weeping and difficulty and despair when my mind is set on my relationship with you, and oftentimes that happens through my relationship with others. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like the Bible doesn't say, blessed are you who are self-reliant. Blessed are you who go it alone. Blessed are you when you can make it on. Blessed are you who are islands. Do you ever notice that sometimes when, when people want to encourage someone who are going through a tough time, they send them a text, hey, you got this. You've seen that, maybe you've sent it. I started thinking about that. Like when I'm going through a tough time, I don't want someone to tell me I got it because I don't want it. <laughs> you know, and I realize that's like an encouragement. Like, hey, you can do this. I understand that. But like in my mind, I think I, I don't want to got it. I want someone else to got it, you know? Uh, so when we're in valleys, it feels sometimes like we're all alone and I don't want to have to be the one to get it. And, and so, like, bless you when you go through, when your, your mind is, is on him and this relationship. And oftentimes this relationship takes, you know, comes to, to, to flowers because of this relationship with each other. Omar, um, how has the relationship of Flipside helped you in Cuba, and even now in Miami, but, and helped the church in Cuba? Uh, my church's name uh, is New Life. It is located in the middle region of the island. And... Um, let me start by saying that we have accomplished a lot of things, you know. We just finished uh, this new temple. We acquired a new piece of land. We have been uh, planting new churches. Mm -hmm. We have been, uh, you know, sharing the gospel, even when it's not legal, you know, in the middle of the street. But flip side, wow. For me, flip side is family. Mm -hmm. It's my church as well. We know about flip side. We pray for flip side. Mm -hmm. Flipside, sorry, we love Flipside. You know, without the support of Flipside, without your prayers, without your Christian brotherhood, it would be impossible for us to succeed, mm. to exist, and to success. Mm. That's for sure. Yeah. This is about brotherhood, mm -hmm. like you just said. There is no way to, to go through those valleys of shadow of death alone. That's not how God designed it. Mm -hmm. So that's why we need friendship. Mm -hmm. That's why we need brotherhood. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, um, the, the, this passage says, blessed are those who have their minds set on pilgrimage to Jerusalem. Jerusalem was the place of peace. Blessed are those who have their minds set on Jerusalem uh, towards God. See, what, what happens is to get to the place of peace, we oftentimes must go through valleys of tears. This is, this is, one, this is just how life works, but I think this is how God orchestrates it oftentimes to keep us next to him and close to him. Blessed are those who set their minds towards God. That's what Psalm 84 literally says. When you're going through the valley of Baca, the valley of tears and difficulty and pain, the valley of questions, the valley of despair, blessed are you when you're going through that, when you set your mind towards God. So what we think about and ruminate on and concentrate on and contemplate on in the valleys is very important. Paul told the people in Thessalonians, set your mind on things above. It's really important where we set our minds when we're going through valleys. Now you might need this this morning because you're in a valley and the encouragement you might need from God's word 
is this. Like your heart might be racing, but set your mind. You might be in a valley right now, but set your mind. I get it. Your soul might be aching, but set your mind. Your emotions might be threatening you, but set your mind. It might feel as though there's too much ahead of you or too much on you. There's not enough in you where your resources emotionally, physically, spirit are all running out. Set your mind towards God. Omar, was there ever a time in Cuba where you had too little resources? I never had other times. <laughs> <laughs> there were, how, how did you set your mind? Uh, two words. Submission mm. and confidence. Mm. I submit myself and my will to God's perfect will. Mm. I understood that the story of my life is not about me. Mm. You know, God is the one who is writing my script. Mm. So I need to, in order to accomplish what he wants from me, I need to recognize that he's my Lord, my Savior, my King, and confidence. I need to trust God. It is not the same to believe in God than to trust God. Not even close. You know, when you believe, it's okay. You don't have to prove it. But if you, truly, if you really trust God, you have to live your faith mm. daily. You know, because he's a living God. So we need that living faith. So, so when your, your, your brother came over to the United States eight years ago? Yes. He was running the Boston Marathon? Yes, he did. And he just kept on running and he stayed? Yes, he did. Yeah. And then your mom came over here about six years ago? Six years ago. Yeah. And so your whole family, well, your dad was in Havana, uh, Havana, Havana, but that's a different type of relationship you have with him. Yeah. And so your mom and your twin are in the United States and you're in Cuba by yourself, yearning to be reunited with them, yearning that God would release you from Cuba and provide a way to get you to Miami, to your family, right? That's right. And you had a moment where you said, God, this is a deep, dark valley for me, but I'm going to submit and trust that if you want me here, I'm here, right? I did it, and it was more than even a moment. It was a process of mm -hmm. every single day, mm -hmm. you know? It took me all my courage, all my faith, you know? I was talking with Omar, and we're, we're sending requests back and forth and praying back and forth. And Omar, you sent me this prayer. It was, you said, this is what I'm praying for myself. And part of the prayer that you sent me is what I pray for myself and my family every day. You said this, Father, these are the things that concern me. Day by day, I surrender them to your mercy and grace. I trust you. Continue ordering my walk in faith. And I ask that your good, pleasing, and perfect will is carried out in me. You sent me that a couple of years ago. I, I didn't share with you that I wrote that down. No, that, that was not part of the script. <laughs> I didn't know that you have that. But, uh, but that's your trust and surrender and confidence that you're talking about. And that, that has to be in place going through valleys. It only happened in the middle of the valleys. It's how God designed it. You know, we only find that kind of confidence and that kind of submission in the middle of the valley because we understand that God is all we have. And so when we're going through valleys, we have to realize that God has allowed us to be there so that we will work through submission and so that we will learn to trust. It's, it's not necessarily punishment. It's not necessarily you did something wrong, now you're in a valley. 
Regardless of why you're there, God's purpose, learn to submit. <laughs> That's a tough one. And learn to trust. And keep in mind, I, I, I love this passage in Psalm 84. As they pass through the valley of Baca, as they pass through, one of the things I know, and we got to get, that we pass through the valley of Baca. Valleys for the Christ follower are not the final destination. There's something we pass through. So we ought not approach it nor be in it as if this is the only thing that it will ever be. It's something we pass through. It's not the destination. Oftentimes, here's what it looks like. The journey to the place of peace is often through the valley. We can't avoid it. You can't walk from mountaintop to mountaintop without going through a valley. But the valley's not the destination. The valley's the thing that I will pass through. You had to know somewhere inside that the valley you were in in Cuba, you were going to pass through it one day. I mean, that was the hope, right? That was the hope. Yeah. That was the faith. How did you keep that hope and that strength when you were in the valley? One simple word, God's faithfulness. He gave me his grace every single day. And that was more than enough for me yeah. to, keep hold, to keep moving forward every single day. So, so, so here, here, here's what happens when we're in the valley. I'm going to tell you how to navigate these valleys. Omar did it. I'm going to tell you how to navigate these valleys. When I'm in the valley, I have to make it a place of springs. That's what it says. Blessed are those who pass through the, see so if their mind's on God, who pass through the valley. They make, the Bible says, they make it a place of springs. That word springs means literally blessings. And Psalm 84 says that they dig wells and God fills them with blessed, with springs, with autumn springs. It means blessings. Here, 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 here's, here's what it is. The way you make springs in the valleys is you dig a well. And when you dig a well, the Bible says God sends the autumn springs to fill the well. There's, there, there's a process to this. You, you're, you're in the valley, you dig a well, God sends the rains to fill whatever well you dug. It doesn't say you're in a valley, God sends the blessing, and then you dig a well to catch it. It doesn't say that. This word springs literally means blessings. It says you're in a valley, you dig a little hole, and you get ready for the blessings that God's going to send. Jesus understood this. This was Jesus' way of going about his work. When Jesus approached the man with a withered hand, Jesus' command was stretch out your hand. Well, how's a man with a withered hand going to stretch it out? It's withered. It doesn't work. But God, Jesus said, stretch it out. And in the command to stretch it out was the enablement to stretch it out. Here's how we say this. God's, God says it like this. Show me your faith and I'll show you my faithfulness. But I got to see your faith first. I got to see the submission. I got to see the trust. When I see the submission and the trust, and that valley might be a long time, but as I see the submission and the trust, I will send the rains that'll be your blessing. That's how God works. The way we say it is this, God's commands are God's enablements. Jesus was talking to a guy who had been crippled for 38 years, and Jesus approached this guy crippled 38 years, couldn't walk. Jesus didn't say, here's a little Jesus dust, go ahead and walk now. No, Jesus said to the crippled man who couldn't walk, get up, take up your mat, and walk. His commands were his enablements, do you understand? So when we're in the valleys of tears, in the valleys of loss, in the valleys of pain, in, the va in all these valleys, 
The Bible says, blessed are those who keep their minds set on God. They'll go through the valley of Baca, and as they go through it, God's blessings will fill what they've dug. So when you're in a valley, in faith, in confidence, with hope, because of God's dig some wells. God responds to faith in action, not faith in response. Omar, you said, I asked you the, the, the best and the worst thing about America. What did uh, you say? The same answer. Freedom. Freedom. Freedom to make up decisions, freedom to make choices. There is God, and there is the other way. Now it's up to us. Flip side, it's up to us. God has a perfect plan for your life. He has a perfect plan for my life. He knows what you need. He knows what I need. It's up to us. So you have the freedom to choose God, and you have the freedom to reject him. In Cuba, it was pretty apparent if you were choosing God or not. Right? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. You couldn't wait. You, could, you know, the only thing you get when you sit on the finch is a sore crotch. And so, like, you had to, you, you'll get it later. You had to choose. I guess they did it. <laughs> yeah. You had to choose in Cuba, this is the way I will go. Right? Yes. In America, we got such freedom. It's not costly to follow Jesus here, necessarily. And that's the danger of freedom. The problem with faith is that it always comes with the price, the price of the obedience. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. you need to obey God. It doesn't matter where you live, how you live, what you're facing, what you're dealing with. You need to respond, like you just said, active faith. Mm -hmm. There is no other way mm -hmm. to please God. There is no other way to, 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 to do that, to dig to dig for the well. There is no other chance. And that's really hard when you're in valleys. When you want to tap out and give up, when there are no, are no answers. It's really, really hard. I, I get it. Valleys look different for us than it did for Omar before he came to America. He'll start realizing what, the, what valleys are here. That's going to change for him. It'll change to lethargy and apathy and materialism. Like it is for us. There's times we go through valleys, and, and, and isn't, this, isn't this how it goes? I, I just don't know if I can keep on. It, if, if this valley stays any longer, I don't know what I'm going to do. You been there? Notice what the Bible says in Psalm 84. It's a fantastic little passage. God doesn't promise we won't go through valleys. He just promises we won't go through them alone. Sometimes we feel alone. But the Bible says that blessed are those in the valley of Baca that go from strength to strength. They shall go from strength to strength. Here's what happens. When we're in the valleys of Baca, we want God to step in and give us what we need to get us out. Right? Give me enough strength, resources, something. Give me enough to get me out. But that's not what Psalm 84, 5, 6, and 7 says. Blessed are those who go through the valley of Baca. Their minds are set on God. They dig wells for God to fill in advance of what God has done. And they go from strength to strength. Here's what it looks like. God gives me a little bit of strength to make it to the next endowment of strength. Not to get through the whole valley. 
If God gave me enough strength to get to the whole valley, I'd get through and keep on walking and wouldn't need him anymore. And so God gives me enough strength to get me to the next moment of needing strength so that I keep my mind set on him and I keep in relationship with him and other people. And so when you're in a valley, God gives you enough strength to get through that afternoon. And at that afternoon, that strength's going to run out and your mind is going to stay set on him and they're going to dig another well He's going to give you enough strength to get to that night. And at that night, that strength's going to run out. And in that running out of that strength, your mind is going to set on God and you're going to stay connected to him and you're going to dig another well and he's going to give you another strength through that night till the morning to get to the next strength. And in that next morning, you're going to have a little bit of strength, but that strength's going to run out and they're going to say, God, I need to stay close to you. I'm going to keep my mind set on you. I'm going to dig a little well and I'm away. And God's going to give you a little bit of strength in the morning. And so that morning, you're going to make it through that evening. And that evening, guess what's going to happen? What? <laughs> strength to strength. Yeah. 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 And this is the way yeah. mm. that the Christ follower walks through the valley of the shadow of death and Baca and does not fear. Because he is with us. And our minds are set on him. And we will move from strength to strength to strength to counter what I said earlier. You do got this because you and God are a majority. And he will give you enough strength to get to your next endowment of strength. So do not fear in the valley. Set your mind. Dig a well. Get close to God who is close to you. And gain enough strength just to get to the next strength. He is with you. Do you understand? Let me wrap this message up with this. Two things. My friend Omar came to America with all the hopes and dreams that everybody has coming to this great country. Let's not forget how blessed we are. Uh, and it is a blessing for him to be here. And he is so grateful for what God's given. God's given you and your mom and your brother your own little apartment. Yes, he did. Right? Yes. And, and, and right now you have a couch in your apartment. That's whole. <laughs> a lot better than what you had in Cuba. A lot more. <laughs> and so they cook their food in a microwave and they sit on the floor and they... They don't watch television. They don't have it. And they talk. Talk about things of God. And read. Uh, and so we just want to keep blessing you. And so I'm going to ask you, church, and if over and above your regular tithes and offerings, that you want to bless Omar and say, hey, we love you. We want to support you. And the, the, the green card that he has, this uh, religious exemption, allows him to work in ministry, and that's it. And he'll have to reapply for it in I don't know how many months. But, uh, uh, but right now, the only thing he can do is, is, is ministry through the church and through what we do with Excel Leadership Network. And so if you want to help contribute to that so we can keep doing ministry here, um, I would really appreciate that. I'm, I'm, I'm saying that. He didn't ask me to say that. He didn't know I'm saying it, but I'm just saying it on his behalf. And the other thing we're going to do is collectively commit ourselves to setting our mind and digging wells and drawing close to God. And just going to the next strength. 
pray with me. Father, thank you. Thank you. We love you. Thank you that you love us. Father, some of us are in valleys right now, deep valleys, dark valleys, valleys that we don't know when they're going to end and we don't know how we're going to get through it. Give us faith to know that we will pass through it. That is not the final destination. Remind us to set our minds on things above, not on the valleys below. In faith, enable us to dig wells. And as we dig them, fill them. We will dig in faith in advance of what you do with confidence that you will do. And Father, give us strength to get us to the next strength. Father, there are some in this place right now who if, if, if that one prayer could be answered, all would be good. And so hear their hearts right now, Father, as they ask of you, the giver of strength, strength himself. As they say, Father, give me strength to make it to the next strength. That's all I need. Father, give me strength to make it to the next strength. Jesus, we love you. You are a good God. We submit to you and we trust you. In your name I pray, amen. Let's sing a little bit.